What's going on, gang? This is not Tim. This is Zeke. Uh, Tim's not with us this week. Uh, you know, he's just being a little bashful, I guess, and being a little humble since he made his way to the championship game. But that's okay. We have with us, as always, Sean and Doug. So, what's, got, what's up, guys? What up? What's up? I just, uh, I'd like to say it took us until week, week 16 to finally get a good host on the show. So, uh, yes. hey, 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 hey. Amen. So thankful. So <laughs> well, we are so I have thankful. A that you, prepared, but yeah, now we'll save that to the end. You you can bundle that into Brown's corner. <laughs> now we are glad you guys joined us this week. Hopefully, you listeners out there that have joined us are at least playing in a third place game. If not, uh, you followed some of our advice uh, and you've made it your made it uh, all the way to the championship game. Uh, we are going to recap. Uh, just the semis from uh, from this past week, so the top four teams and how they panned out. And, of course, we'll do Browns Corner. We only have one of the two Brownies to defend their Browns and to talk about how great they are and how they're on their way to the Super Bowl this year and for every year that Baker Mayfield plays. And then, of course, we will round Amen. it out and we will look at the championship game for our league, the League of Ordinary Gentlemen. But uh, So let's go ahead and get started, gang, and we will take a look at the first of the two games in the semis, and that would be yours truly, uh, Zeke, taking on uh, Tim and the Deplorables. And uh, big shock, uh, a man that has Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley uh, and uh, the future uh, potential MVP in Phillip Rivers just downed my team. Uh, I had Joe Mixon and Ezekiel Elliott uh, and Russell Wussell, Hustle and Bustle, Man Muscle Wilson, but none of those moves that I made along the week could uh, could uh, lift my team, especially when you don't even have a dang tight end that can even start or catch a single dang pass and gave me a goose egg. I'm not bitter. I'm not upset. Boys, take it over. I can't even talk about it anymore. I was rooting for you, man. I I was so rooting for you. I wanted Tim and his number one overall lucky pick team uh, to go down, to fall apart. And, you know, he just didn't. Uh, Chris Carson puts up a ton of points. Gurley obviously puts up a ton of points. Rivers continues. Just you know, average for a quarterback. Um, to get 134 points, it just it's crazy that he would do that. He literally played almost his ideal lineup. Um, I hate it so much, but at this point, we're here to choose whether it's my brother, who's annoying, or Doug, who won last year. And I, I'm telling you, I'm just at wit's end. I don't know what to do. But you came in a little weak. You had a great lineup. Russell Wilson, Zeke Elliott, Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill, Juju. Great. I mean, just great players all the way around. Your defense got you 17, but the problem was that matched up with Tim's defense, which threw a shutout against the Giants because the Giants are terrible. Terrible. Uh, dude, it's, it just didn't line up well for you, Zeke, and I'm, I'm really sorry about that because I was I was going to ride the Zeke train all the way into the championship uh, party, but oh well, maybe it's not Aspen. Maybe it's uh, you take him out to Bangkok next year. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Aspen, Aspen, it just didn't cut it. But you know what? Just like the real process uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers, hashtag hinky truther. Uh, I do believe in the process, but it looks like just like them, the process can only get you uh, so far. I'd also like to point out with Tim's team, this is how stacked his team is. 
So he has Todd Gurley scoring 24.4 points. He has Chris Carson scoring 22.8 points. He has Alvin Kamara scoring 16.3 points. Oh, and he has a running back that he just didn't have room for scoring 24.3 points on the bench. This team is insane. And before uh, I'm going to let Doug take the floor here for a minute, because you got to remind me what uh, what is the Chris Carson discussion? Have we have we ironed that out? Hang on, Chris Carson. Now, hang on. Let me interrupt. I want to say one thing. That running back was on the bench simply because Kareem Hunt hit a woman and screwed me out of any scoring opportunities two weeks ago. He just Spite. picked up a he picked up a third round running back randomly out of hope and the guy puts up 24 points because spencer Ware gets hurt unreal just (sighs) go ahead doug sorry no i mean you know chris carson just continues to just dominate i mean rashad who don't even think rashad penny was active last week (laughs) um (laughs) i uh i i actually really liked zeke's chances coming into this week to you know make it close but obviously when Gurley comes out and just smashes yet again and then he gets a big game out of Chris Carson you were you were pretty much drawn dead at that point despite getting you know a really good game out of Mixon and you know a decent game out of Zeke speaking of Zeke by the way did you see that uh you actually got two points added onto your total because his fumble got overturned yes I did and uh I, I actually got a notification of that via Tim, who uh, sent me a very polite text and said, hey, even with the stat correction, you still lost, uh, which I just couldn't help myself being hateful. I said, hey, dude, you're just much better than me at picking out names of a pre-selected uh, glorified Excel spreadsheet. So there it is. Is. you did a great job. So. Yeah, there yeah you're, you're just you're so good at uh, randomly having your WWE guy win the royal rumble yeah yes and and not picking Le'Veon bell which would have been most people do if if tim beats me in the championship game this year the last two years the winner of the royal rumble will have gone on to win the championship oh wow do you happen to remember uh your overall pick uh last year when you won the rumble did you pick first overall I, I thought I was picking first, except for I'm stupid. And <laughs> I, I didn't understand the process. So I, I ended Pick up ten. foregoing. I, I ended up picking first. But because I was keeping Le'Veon Bell last year, I, for, uh, I foregoed my first pick. So my uh, first pick wasn't actually until 20 last year. That's and impressive. Then, and then picked Isaiah Crowell for that keeper. And then I took Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I that mean, was a joy. Yeah, I gotta figure out how. Savant. I've, picked, I've picked seventh and sixth the last two years, and I've been on the bottom of the game both times. Got to get Bro, out of the middle. Got to get out of the middle. Bad spot to be, dude. I've I finished ninth and eighth in the <laughs> in the Royal Rumbles this time. I, last year, last year's Royal Rumble, my guy came in, and then Zeke's guy hit me and threw me off. <laughs> I was out in like six seconds. It was. It was awful. It was awful. You need to get uh you need to get your WWE guy when you create him next year. You need to get him on some of that Brock Lesnar juice. Thanks, I know, bro. right? I think Thanks, maybe bro. I should start handicapping like if you finish first in the league, your skill points are like five lower than everybody else or something. Ooh, I like that. That's a good That'd idea. That'd be the only way to go. Only way to go. 
you, you got to handicap it some way. Yeah, it was rough. It's rough. I, I know. Uh, I know we're getting off topic here a little bit, but let me ask you guys real quickly. Uh, since it's still a fantasy podcast, maybe people who are uh, down on their luck, they're at the bottom of the barrel. They're already thinking about next year. If you are in a snake draft, uh, you know whether it's a random order or whether you get the pick. Uh, you know, some way like we do. Uh, what do you think is the best uh, place to pick? Is it first overall, towards the top, middle, toward the end? Uh, do y'all have any preferences on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think going into next year, um, you, I, in a perfect world, you're picking in the top three or four picks because you're going to have Gurley, you're going to have Saquads, you're going to have Christian McCaffrey, and Zeke, those are kind of your four, like, you know, you want to get Kamara. those four guys. And Kamara. I, I, I don't even put Kamara in that category. I mean, I know he's been oh. really good, uh, unless they get rid of Mark Ingram. I think Ingram which, has, has taken away his top top pick. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I mean, the last five weeks, Ing- uh, Kamara has 16, 10, 7, 10, and 16 fantasy points. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it had gotten that low. Yeah, it's like it's I just, said that earlier in the year that Kamara was going to struggle with Ingram, and I was told I was wrong. Anyway, go ahead. He, he didn't He didn't the first couple weeks that Ingram was back. He, he was like in the 20s the first few weeks, and then ever since then they've just – their, I mean, their offense in general has struggled the last few yeah. weeks. But oh, tell me about it. I've had Breeze and Thomas to get me all the way down yeah. into losing games. Yeah, you know all about that. So Ugh. I think I think next year you want to be drafting that top three or four picks. Yeah, I totally agree. I think if if you're not in the top three to four, you're really going to be hurting because after that it becomes kind of a crapshoot because you're going to have guys yep. like OBJ who, unless OBJ gets traded to Cleveland, which is what I want to happen. Um, who's going to be throwing the ball to him. And those are the kind of guys like Mike Evans, like great receivers, these guys who are game changers. But you don't know who's going to be throwing to him. Hell, even next season, you know, Mason Rudolph might be the guy throwing to uh, Antonio Bryant. There's just there's so many things you don't know after this first three or four big running backs to get in. Uh, I think if you're not taking top four, then you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, you got to hope that you land on like – you got to hope that, you know, you take – like Nick Chubb at 12 and he ends up being like a top five running back next year. Well, you know, something that's, like that. right. that's right. I was about to ask that question actually. And that, cause I'm a Browns homer obviously, but is Nick Chubb a top 10 pick next year? No, no, not next year. I mean, cause he's still not going to go ahead of Gurley, Barkley, McCaffrey, Zeke, Melvin Gordon, and wherever Le'Veon Bell plays <laughs> That's six. And then you have, um, like Julio and Devontae Adams that probably still go ahead of him. I mean, he's well, definitely, he's definitely, you know, the second round started the third round, no doubt about it. Yeah. I think he's definitely a top 20 pick and maybe even top 15 pick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think what people are missing about, <clears throat> pardon me. I think what people are missing about him is uh, he's, he hasn't played. He hasn't started a whole lot of games. He missed the first six games. I think it was. Um, yeah, he didn't actually start until week seven, and um, he has 860 yards and eight touchdowns. So Here, here's I wonder how what I, he's going to do with six other weeks, with eight eight other weeks in the season. Oh, he's been awesome, but like, are you taking him or New Hopkins next year? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's kind of what, you know what I was I mean? asking. Like that's yeah. Here's kind of where I see him uh, for next year. I I see him, and I'm not. 
I'm not talking about necessarily skill wise. I'm just talking about position in the draft and things like that. Uh, kind of where Joe Mixon was this year. You didn't see a ton of Joe Mixon uh, last year, but you know he is the main back. You know he's going to be the workhorse. He's going to be getting the lion's share of the ball, uh, at least at the start of the season. Uh, I'm speaking of Nick Chubb next year, what Joe Mix- what you forecasted Joe Mixon to do this year. So I do think mm-hmm. that gets you, like you said, in that, that 20-ish, 25-ish at the worst pick for Nick Chubb next year's draft. That's a, I think that's a really fair assessment from both of you. Yeah, cool. Well, should we move on to the second game before we get into the NFL, just general NFL stuff here? Oh, yeah, let's do that. So, again, uh, just totally trounced uh, by Tim. And let's go on to uh, go on to the next one. I am for real. That's right. We are looking at – I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, uh, with, uh, with the podcast on Doug Appleby – taking on Mr. Bond, Biscuits in Your Pants. Uh, And this one wasn't really close, uh, even with a a kicker putting up a goose egg for Doug. Even with that zero on the board, he still wins handily again, that 117 to 81. Uh, Biscuit in Your Pants, he started off uh, the league uh, and the year a little rough, but he worked his way on up, did a great job. He had Tom Brady, uh, who <laughs> kind of a rough game in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I think we're starting to see uh, the end of the dynasty. I know people said have said it for years, but I think this is, if you got a 41-year-old quarterback, as much as I love TFB, uh, I think this is the end of the dynasty uh, for Tom Brady and for the Patriots. But he had Saquon, uh, Jalen Samuels. Uh, he had, um, let's see, Travis Kelsey, uh Jared Cook and his flex, I think that really hurt, but he didn't have anybody else really to put there. Uh, And then you got, of course, Dougie Fresh with Patrick Mahomes, David Johnson, uh, Justin Jackson. And you know what? I'm just going to put the brakes on here. Doug, this is your game. This is your victory. Tell us how how you uh, rode your way into the championship yet again. Yeah, I mean, I I actually thought this was going to be really, really close going into – going into the matchup last week. Um, one thing I didn't, I, I thought Brady would underperform. I, like I didn't see him coming out and putting up 25, 28 points. I, I did think Mahomes would put up more than 18. Um, but uh, Bond kind of, kind of ran bad a little bit too. Cause Saquon just, you know, OBJ got ruled out again and um, he just couldn't get anything going with, you know, Eli Manning, that statue back there at quarterback. And then Keenan Allen gets hurt on what was potentially a touchdown catch. Couldn't quite hang on to it. Hurts his hip out the rest of the game. So um, he he put up a, you know, good performance for the most part, but just a few guys here and there just couldn't get it done. And I, I was fortunate enough to get a good game out of Gus Edwards, which I wasn't really expecting. I was hoping for like six, seven, eight points out of him. And he gets me 18, which was huge. I mean, you think so. with uh, with Lamar Jackson being as run heavy as he is, that's going to take away uh, carries from Gus Edwards and or have defenses stuffing the box, preparing for the run. And either way, he's not going to get uh, get lift off. But Gus Edwards it was surprisingly productive. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm as soon as soon as they went to Lamar Jackson, because Gus Edwards played in a like more shotgun traditional offense in college. So mm-hmm. he's used to taking those handoffs out of the shotgun 
like, you know, he's used to the mesh with the zone read and stuff like that. So I was kind of nervous about Kenneth Dixon last week, taking some carries from him. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was huge. And they're running the ball. I, I was reading something the other day, the, the Ravens are running the ball, uh, 61 percent of the time yes. since lamar jackson took over which is just an absurd number insanely high so uh hopefully gus can uh keep it going for one more week one thing i'll note. sorry sean one thing i'll note on your team uh doug which is pretty impressive and then sean i want to hear your take uh on the matchup of course the consistency of your scores Go for it. Go, you take no, it. No, no, no. Go take ahead. Go ahead. I got, I got something else too. Go ahead. Okay. 18, 16, 14, 15, 11, 8, 5, 18. That is just that. I don't know how you get more consistent than that if uh, with your fantasy players. So it's hard to beat that, even if you've got the fluctuation on the other side with big name hitters. Uh, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. So two things I want to say about this. I think. Uh, Shout out to Joe Bond. He took Saquon higher than I think other people were ready for, and that was the difference in the season, um, mm-hmm. which I, I was ready to take him the next round, maybe two rounds later, but I wasn't a big believer. So shout out, Joe. You took a ballsy move there, and it paid off in a big right. way. Um, so good job this season. If you had Saquon Barkley this season, you just probably excelled in ways you probably – weren't really expecting quite honestly, but um, one thing you had really going for you here, which I think has been understated this year because there's been so much offense is this matchup with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Like what, what we've lost in fantasy football is we're playing people based on their overall like DVOAs um, and their overall defenses instead of looking at the weak, the actual weaknesses of the defenses and playing those matchups instead. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, uh, has horrific run defense. Cincinnati, horrific run defense. These are teams that can't stop anybody. Atlanta, terrible pass defense, terrible outside-the-box defense. So a guy like David Johnson is going to do well against them, even in a, a you know horrible losing effort um, because they, they don't have the speed to get around. And something you had that was really good for you this week is you had a lot of great defensive matchups. You had Tampa Bay um, for two of your teams. Uh, or for two of your guys who are playing, you had the Chargers who, if they're going to give up anything, it's going to be short slant passes over the middle, something low end. They don't give up anything really long, but David Johnson on the little swings and the screens, that's going to be a big time game for Atlanta. Kansas City's defense is terrible. You just don't hear about it as much because Eric Berry and because the offense was so good. You just had great matchups all the way down the field. Um, even Fitzgerald, who I think probably should have had more, but Rosen is just not impressed. So um, I, I think that was that was really, really big as well. You just had great matchups, and I haven't looked at yours for next week, but I hope they're equally uh, wonderful because I wouldn't mind a, a two-time winner as long as it meant Tim didn't win. So That's exactly right. <laughs> now, now let me ask you this. David Johnson is – I haven't paid attention. I haven't. I don't have him in any of my fantasy leagues. And after last year, he's on the he's on the D and D list, the do not draft list. Uh, is this his best game of the season, uh, or has he been up and down all season, Doug? I know he's been on your team. Uh, he has one game uh, over twenty points the entire season. Okay, so he's he is. To be honest, the fact that I, I took him where I took him in the draft, because I, I chose to take the fourth pick because I had Bell, Zeke, uh, David Johnson, and Gurley kind of all together. I, I didn't really care which of those I 
I got. So I had the fourth pick, took David Johnson there, and he's been terrible all season. <laughs> I mean, obviously not as bad as Le'Veon yeah. Bell, but right. uh, he he's just not met expectations. And then I lost Will Fuller. I lost Cooper Cup. So I'm I'm pleased with you know my team being able to hang in there and you know pick up a few guys here and there that have worked out like Gus Edwards. Yeah, so Cooper that was Cup. his fourth best game overall. He had three games that were like 17, 19, and 18, and then one that was 30. Yeah. But points-wise, that was technically his fourth best game. Wow, that's – uh. so was he was he a flash in the pan the year that he did great is – I know we've talked about David Johnson a little bit. Uh, coaching staff not using him right, or or is, he, is this just what he is? Coaching is just – yeah, coaching in general, offensive, offensive environment. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Coaching, like offensive, offensive line, and play calling. No good. Yeah, no good offensive line. Quarterback isn't ready yet. They have no weapons on the outside. I mean, Lear Fitzgerald is like, you know, a solid player or whatever, but he plays in the slot. He's not going to stretch the field at all. Sure. So well, Arizona tried to make him a between the tackles guy to run through and give Rosen. Um, some time and he just was he's not that guy he is the yeah outside the tackle screen open up the defense spread everybody out player and when they tried to do that he just was never going to be that guy and they don't have the offensive line to sustain that so I think unless David Johnson um, gets a brand new type of play calling next year I don't know that he's a first or even I mean maybe because he'll be a bell cow second round pick but um, yeah. if they don't have some major changes in their offensive scheme and adding some talent on the line I, I don't I don't know that that he's very draftable next year. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it sounds like uh, they're going to get rid of Steve Wilkes. Um, yeah, you know, just after after one season. So I yeah. mean, the real difference was in in 2016 when he had that great year, he had 80 catches for like 900 yards. This year, he had 46. He has 46 catches for well, 400 he, yards. It, it was the it was a Saquon Barkley kind of year. I mean, yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> Him and Le'Veon yeah. Bell kind of discovered that niche in the in the NFL that you could be a successful running back in the screen game and in the running game and, and not be, you know, a gadget guy or a third down guy versus a first down guy. Sure. Yeah, and it's funny, Doug. I took uh I took your same uh mentality uh talking about who you're gonna draft and where and, and to go back to our early conversation about where you want to draft. Uh I picked third. Uh, in the draft, and I kind of want. I had the same kind of four running backs, and I was just waiting for. I was like, I'm going to let at least uh, two decisions be made for me before uh, before I get mm. to it, uh, because I was I was a little hesitant on uh, on Gurley, not because of not because of skill. I was worried about injury, uh, and then I was, you know, Zeke fell to me, so I just said, well. Uh, for a variety of reasons, I'll take him, and I'm glad I didn't take Le'Veon. Of course, uh, pour one out for all those Le'Veon owners out there. I got him in another except league. for the one in our league. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yes. pouring out for him. Yeah, sucks to suck. Uh, but for everybody else out there, um, you know, this just wasn't your season, and you know, uh, you know, in a, what next Monday or next Tuesday, uh, you know, we're all undefeated in fantasy uh, once again. So. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on. We we've talked about that. Anything else you guys want to add for, for these matchups or, or even just fantasy in general, any players or any NFL notes, uh, you saw out there, we mentioned Cooper cup and I just wanted to throw out at least the Rams MVP, if not, uh, the league MVP Cooper cup, cause he goes down and, uh, the whole team seems to be falling apart. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've actually got a question about that. So here's what we've seen the last few weeks. We've seen New Orleans offense slow down. We've seen Kansas City's offense slow down. Mm -hmm. We've seen the Rams offense slow down. We've even seen the Patriots offense slow down. Um, RIP Josh Gordon. And now we've seen Pittsburgh's offense slow down, which, you know, I love. Um, Is this a change in the guard or is it a defensive that figured it out? Or are we finally going to see that what I've been waiting for for probably 15 years Roethlisberger, these guys are, are going away. That high-powered offense is now going to move back to more traditional style, like the run game clock strategy matters. Doug, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we tend to see this every year. Like, um, you know, teams will start off hot the first, like, 10 or 12 weeks. You know, other teams get a little more film. You know, they get late in the season. They don't want to, like, push their guys too hard and, everything kind of like paces back a little bit and then you get in the playoffs and you're going to see these like, you know, 37, 34 matchups yeah. come yep. playoff time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've just seen, I've been amazed to see New Orleans slow down Casey's. And I, honestly, I think, I think Kareem Hunt uh, doing what he did, getting dropped from Casey was a bigger hardship on their offense. And anybody really wants to admit right now, because they still have a lot of weapons, but I mean, you take away, yes a top three, top four running back, uh, that's, that's going to be problematic for anybody. Yeah, I mean, in the Chiefs' defense, though, the last, like, five games, they've scored 28, 27, 40, 51, 26, 37. So, I mean, they've still been putting up some points, just not the not the 40 that they were putting up consistently every game to start the year. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they're still a great team. I just didn't, you know, I, I wonder what's happening that we're seeing some of those offenses starting to slow down. Yeah. Well, and, and I do I, – I think it, you mentioned a lot of things, and I do think it's it's not just one thing. I do think it's a variety of things. I do think, you know, the – we're getting towards the playoffs, like you said, so teams are kind of saving themselves. You know, you might be jockeying for a certain seed in the playoffs, but – uh, you know, the teams that are there, there. Uh, the weather is becoming an impact. So, not necessarily New Orleans at home, but New Orleans away. Uh, the Rams playing up in Chicago. Uh, games like that are starting to matter. You know, in KC, uh, you can't go as high flying in 40 degree weather as you can 75 and 80 degree weather. And then teams are getting uh, tape on these players. So, uh, not that Patrick Mahomes is necessarily struggling, but somebody like Patrick Mahomes that you didn't really have tape on. Uh, prior to this season, defensive coordinators are just now starting to find, uh, you know, ways to play uh, to scheme against uh, a player or uh, offenses like that. And you know, it's one of the things, and I'll let that kind of roll right into to Brown's corner. It's one of the things that I wonder about. Granted, the head coach may be different, things like that, but I wonder about Baker Mayfield. And Sean, don't get defensive on me. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I think he's a very good quarterback. He's proven uh, a lot of people wrong. Uh, but I do wonder, like a lot of players, Robert Griffin, who had a huge <laughs> – Robert Griffin, who had a, a huge rookie season and other players that have big rookie seasons, you have the sophomore slump. Some of that uh, having tape on a player and a whole offseason to prepare can slow them down. And I wonder if that's kind of happening with these offenses during the season. So, going right on into Brown's corner, a man's got the dog bone necklace. He's got the hat on. He's, of course, got all the Browns gear going. Sean, talk to us about your boys. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's see some presidents of the United States of America. Doug, don't go too far. I got words for you, Doug. I got words for you. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Uh, so I'm a little disappointed. I'll wait for what I was going to mainly say for when Doug gets back. No problem. Um, but here's the deal with it. I, I, I don't think Baker Mayfield is a flash in the pan. And let me I tell you either. why. I don't either. Um, I don't want you to. I didn't want you to hear that. That's why I gave you some prefaces. I didn't want you to hear that. I want, but he's going to have a slump at some point. It's just they all do yeah. early on, and so, and that's what I I wonder if having tape on him is it. So I interrupted you, but I just wanted to make sure I clarified. I did not say he was a flash in the pan. He's going to be good for a while. So no doubt about here's it. here's where Baker Mayfield's uh, hardship came. The first half of the game against Houston, um, he he came out and in the second half threw for 350 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Should have had two, but um, Callaway fumbled one. Really back to back plays, he threw long touchdowns. But um, listen, I I get it. I know I'm a homer. I've I've convince myself to believe in past Browns quarterbacks because I had nothing else. And when you are against all humanity and you need something to hold on to, you'll convince yourself of anything. And so um, that's what I did for so long. But Baker Mayfield is legit. And let me tell you why this Browns team is going to be different for the next decade, because we don't have to spend a first round pick looking for a quarterback. Hey, and, and we've had to do that for the last, what, 15 years? Um, and, and now we got one. Here's what I love about Baker Mayfield. He was a walk-on. He had to earn his spot in high school. He had to beat a guy out. He was a walk-on in two different colleges. He won the Heisman. He's a, the first, uh, first college walk-on to ever be drafted number one overall. And my favorite thing of the week, outside of Bob – have you guys seen the Bob Wiley and the offensive lineman uh, Christmas deal yet? No. Do yourself a favor, Doug. I know you love Bob Wiley. Go ahead and, and look up Bob Wiley Christmas. Uh, he does a Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer thing. It's incredible. Um, also, shout out to Bob Wiley. RIP, he fractured his ankle today at practice. Hope you feel better, Bob. Said Hut. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, but what I love about it is um, that Baker was selected as, a, I think, a third or fourth alternate for the Pro Bowl today or uh, this week. And today he was in a press conference and he said, fourth alternate is not a real Pro Bowl pick, and that's not good enough for me, so I don't even want to talk about it. And I thought, I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, Have that chip. Even when you've achieved something, have that chip. But my favorite thing <clears> – let me speak clearly. Doug, can you hear me on this one? All right. My favorite thing of the week wasn't just that the Browns went into Denver and won – it wasn't even that the Browns won on prime time Saturday night in front of everybody. It wasn't that Baker Mayfield pushed through some real adversity and didn't have a great game, but it's great to see the Browns win when your offense isn't clicking. It's not even that Julius Peppers had a strong game with a big sack at the end, an interception, and a fourth down stop. It is that before the season, I made a bet. I made a bet with Doug Appleby. And I said, not only will the Browns achieve more than their over of, was it five and a half at the time, Doug? Or was it four uh, and a half? I think their total was actually four and a half. Four and, and a I half. I think we settled on five and a half. Yep. And, and I said, Doug, the Browns are going to win seven games. And Doug said, there's no way. 
And if you win, I'll take you to lunch. And I would like to report as a man of integrity, he is, which I've very firmly believe that about Doug Appleby after the holidays, Doug Appleby will be taking me out to bacon brothers for a delicious lunch because the Browns have won six games. They're going to win seven on Sunday and they're going to win eight in a week and a half to, uh, take Baltimore out of the playoffs because Lamar Jackson ain't it boys. And I just, I'm beside myself. It's the best ever. So absolutely. Listen, I will, I will gladly uh, pay up on the bet and bacon brothers. It is. You're a gentleman and a scholar, Doug Appleby. You are indeed. I appreciate that about you. So uh, listen, Chubb looks good. Baker looks good. Uh, Denzel Ward is the truth. And here's what here's what people are missing. Terrence Mitchell came back. Uh, one of the big things that we had happen was in week four, uh, our defense went from top 10 to uh, middle tier at best because we lost Terrence Mitchell and that opened up half the field. Um, Terrence Mitchell came back, started shutting guys down again. Uh, Houston, or Carolina and Denver have had a tough go with him on the field. And now we get Denzel Ward back from a concussion. And so we've got two shutdown corners against Cincinnati, who has nobody and just lost Tyler Boyd for the year. Uh, the Browns are 11-point favorites, 11. So you guys are the two betting guys here, all right? You're the, the ones who make money off this stuff. I would lose every dime I had. Do you take the Browns at minus eleven on Sunday against Cincinnati at home with Bake in the in the in the bakery with Baker Mayfield with a healthy defense with a, a Peppers that's resurgent and a Nick Chubb that's doing work and an offensive line that PFF just ranked number two overall for the season? What do you do, Doug? I'll let you take that first. Uh. Well, I would have done what the sharp betters did, which is this line opened at Browns minus seven, and it's been bet up to what I'm what I'm looking at. It's been bet up to anywhere from eight and a half to nine and a half. Uh, so, it must have dropped down since the betting was taking place. Yeah, so, so you can you can probably get it at you know minus nine somewhere in there right now. But is uh, it a good bet? No, it's probably a little too high. So yeah, it, that that's what I was gonna say. It's at seven. It's a good number. It, you know, I mean, they very very well could cover that, but um, I don't know. Ten is a lot of points. That's what I was gonna say. Seven, seven is is a fine number, especially for a bad team. All right, you know, it, you know, uh, but when you start getting into the eight and the nine, and especially when you get into the double digits for an NFL game. That then you got to start uh, applying the smell test. Uh, why are you getting there? What's the problem? And like Doug said, the only reason why the money, why the line got that high is because people saw the good deal uh, on that minus seven. And so that just starts sending, sending that line up. Uh, and, you know, eight or nine, especially 10 or 11, I don't take it just because it's too easy to cover at that point. Not that I think the Browns are going to lose necessarily, but it's just yeah. too easy to cover at that point uh, and get a you know get a bad beat. And so you know I I don't bet on that game uh, at at minus nine or higher. I'm definitely not taking that. Yeah, I, I don't usually bet on anything that's over minus six and a half, just because it's so easy for a team to backdoor cover like. You know, they're you're Garbage down time points. Yeah, thirty one seventeen, you've got it in the bag and you know, 
I mean, with a minute to go, Jeff Driscoll's still like out there slinging it while everybody is in prevent, and he picks up a garbage touchdown, and yep. all of a sudden you just lost your bet. Yep. So, so I want to ask a, a trivia question here for you. When was the last time that the Cleveland Browns were favored by more than a touchdown? Uh, it was probably back in that. Uh, Johnny Manziel versus the 49ers in 2014. Zeke? I'm taking it back to the Derek Anderson days. Ding, ding, ding. The winner is Zeke with a shout-out to Doug. It was against the 49ers. It was week 17 of the 2007 season. The Browns were 11-point favorites against 49ers, and they covered. They won 20-7. to So. You can tell I'm in a little bit of a good mood because, boys, yeah. it is great to root for. Hell, even an average team is great for me. But I think that the uh, the the Hewless Browns are going to be something to fight with next year. I, I would. I, I'm thinking AFC North champions. I'm I'm going to save some some of my own thoughts. I don't want us to get too long long winded here. I'm going to save some of my thoughts for next week's Browns corner. Uh, but I have some thoughts for the Brownies going into the off season. Uh, myself, Doug. You got anything else to add for Brown's Corner? No, let's move on to the to the matchup in the finals. Very cool. All right, here's hey, what I'm going to quick shout out. We are going to have a Browns wrap at the end of the season with Paul Brown, which I know is a famous name, but he's also a guy from the UK who has uh, become kind of a famous Browns fan. He flies over from the UK a few times a year, uh, and him and his his buddy Jack Durbin are going to be on our show. Uh, after Christmas to do just a whole show about the Browns and fandom and all that kind of good stuff. So be on the lookout for that. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. What we're going to do on this matchup, uh, this championship matchup uh, between uh, Doug and Tim, we've already gone, gone over the, the teams. You know who the guys are in the teams, but what I want to do, Sean, I'm putting you on the spot. Doug, I want you to go through your team and go through you know, some of the key matchups and tell me why you're going to win this game. Sean, I want you to go through Tim, since you're related to him by blood. Look through his team and tell me why Tim is going to win that game, uh, and, then, uh, and then we'll go from there. So, Doug, let's start with you. So, I win this matchup if – Mahomes exceeds his scoring proje- projection, which is 25 points. If he just goes into Seattle on Sunday night and just puts up a bonkers game. Um, if David Johnson stays within five or six points of Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. And if I get a touchdown uh, out of Devontae Adams, that's, that's how I win. And I would also like to point out that I strategically – added the Browns defense against Cincinnati. Mm. So that way, if the Browns defense is just going off, it is, it is making Tim joyful and just needling (laughs) him right at the same time. Man, Doug, that's a good call on the defense. Uh, Did you know that the Browns defense is actually the most highly added defense in all ESPN leagues? This week, yeah, but I believe it. Yeah, so uh, that was a good move because, like I said, Denzel Ward and Terrence Mitchell on the field covering two nobody uh, wide receivers, plus our safeties who are playing strong with Demarius Randall and Peppers, who just had his coming out game. That's going to be a really ball. Well, I don't think Cincinnati scores 
more than 12 points game, honestly. Um, well, Zeke gave me a tough, tough battle here. I think the only thing uh, that's going to help Tim win is he's going to have to have monster games out of Todd Gurley, out of Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Carson. I, I think that's going to be – I mean, his matchups just aren't great. His bench has got uh, has got Cam, who's not going to play. Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers is playing against Baltimore, which I hate Baltimore, but they've got a great defense. That's a tough game. Kamara against Pitt's run defense. Uh, that's going to be a tough game. Evans against Dallas is a tough game. Cameron Braid against Dallas is a tough game. The Titans defense against Washington is a pretty good matchup. Um, I think Zerline will do pretty good, but, you know, can you really count on a kicker to do too much? Um, so the only way Tim wins is, A, if Todd Gurley plays, which I know is like 50-50 right now. Um, he wants to, but uh, any practice, but I don't know if they're going to let him play a full game, especially against Arizona, because are you going to let your running back get hurt in a game where you could put in your third stringers and win? Probably not. Um, so Tim's hope is going to lie firmly in the hands of Jarvis Landry, who I think will have a touchdown and probably 120 yards. Uh, and Chris Carson, who uh, Casey's going to score a lot. They're going to score fast and Seattle's going to need to keep up. Um, but I, I'm going to go against your little, put me on the spot. I think Doug's got this for the second year in a row. Um, I, I just, I like his matchups. I like his team. And boy, wouldn't it be sweet if the Browns defense is the reason he wins Uh Let's go Doug's defense, Doug's team. Um, but Spencer Ware, Doug, I got a question. What are you going to do about that? Yeah, I haven't really decided yet. I'm, I'm going to kind of wait and see because if I haven't if, – if, if he doesn't practice again tomorrow, uh, then I'm, I'm going to have to figure something out for my flex spot because since that's a Sunday night game and Tim mm. already has Damian Williams, I can't go into the Sunday games, you know, with no options. So – yeah, that's that's gonna hurt you because who's who's Monday night? I don't even know who the Monday night game is this week. There might not be a Monday night game this week if it's Christmas Eve. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know if there is a Monday night game this week. To be honest, well, you've got Gus Edwards on your bench, but Jamal Williams is also hurt, so you'd probably have to move him in and then put yeah, like Fitzgerald in your flex or no, Hogan. Th- but Buffalo's think- defense is good. I think Jamal Williams is just like one of those it's late in the season questionable tags. I, th- I think he's planning on playing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. He is limited. To his... Well, hey, I'm hoping. I'm, I'm rooting for you just because, Tim. But uh, I think it's going to be a good matchup. Monday night is the Broncos at the Raiders. So oh, we real, do have a Monday night game. Great. Yeah, real real well, bond. Lindsay's already gone. So, yeah. I, I'm going to make a, a proclamation here. If, if the Browns' defense – gets 20-plus points and carries me to a victory, I may be jumping aboard the bandwagon. Plenty of room. Plenty of room on it. (laughs) I've got a hat and a jersey waiting for you. I'll bring you to lunch. So 20 points. You need 20 out of the defense? Listen, if if they go for 20-plus points and win, I will wear the hat and the jersey during lunch. This just got so saucy. Oh, so that's saucy awesome. so quick. Come on, Cleveland. Don't fail me, baby. Don't fail me. Well, that would be a wonderful lunch. I'm in. I love it. Hey, uh, I guess I'll shoot you a text whenever we're going to – we're planning for after the new year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got family here this week. So, I mean, we just got to – or like through, you know, a couple days after Christmas. So, let's just aim for after the new year. Beautiful. Beautiful. Looking forward so, to it. Yeah, I can tell you. I don't plan on joining that that bandwagon uh, – 
I am hater. A, a total hater. Uh, the, the more they're, I admit my biases. The more the more their trajectory is going up, the more my hatred is going up parallel to it. Uh, but I will uh, I will hop on the Browns uh, defensive bandwagon this week. Uh, hoping Doug gets that uh, back-to-back. Uh, it's not because I don't love you, Tim, but uh, you burned me this past week, so I, I'm anti. And I'm also just anti-Gata uh, in general when it comes to fantasy football. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm riding with Doug, uh, no doubt about it. So I think I'm riding now, with you on, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you for purpose here. I want to okay. make it a point to our listeners to know when the Browns were terrible, you you spent large amounts of time, like <laughs> like having empathy for me, yep. rooting for me, wanting them to yes. be good. So it's just the fact that yes. now they're they're moving up. Does that have anything to do with the fact that people are calling them the new America's team, and you're a Cowboys fan? No, it's actually not. So as much as I enjoy sports, uh, I I'm emotionally separated uh, from teams and things like that. So with Dallas or with Carolina, you know, it doesn't really matter. That's not really the problem. The problem is, uh, is, um, how can I put it nicely? Uh, some of the fans out there sounding like jagoffs on the internet and things like that, acting like, uh, the Browns are the new Patriots and like they've just locked in and now it's the new page, the Patriots dynasty 2.0. Uh, and things like that. That that's that's where it's just starting to rub me the wrong way. And I, I'm just already it's 2018. I'm, there's just so much noise out there. This Browns noise has just complicated everything else. So that that's hey, where it, I am right now. It, it, it's not it's not arrogance. It's called 20 years of pain. That's what it, it is. And here's the other thing: uh, when you have to listen to a 25 minute presentation on why the Browns are going to win eight games. Uh, Seven. Well, your presentation was eight, by the way. Uh, We're still going to get eight. That's fine. And so you just you start way behind the eight ball, and when I say you, I mean me. Starts way behind the eight ball, thinking, "Oh gosh, I'm just going to have to eat eat a bunch of crow if it actually (laughs) happens." Because we were uh, we were sitting in the back of. So just full disclosure, or you know, full context here. Uh, big group uh, in a room for for uh, draft in my league and another league. And Sean gets up between the two drafts and gives this full presentation on why the Browns are going to do great and win eight games. Uh, meanwhile, we're in the back rolling our eyes and texting each other uh, phallic images to each other, uh, just being the bad kids in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're like, oh, God, we're going to have to like cancel Dude's Day next year because there won't be because, any living with Sean. Because I was told by Will that I will get a formal apology in front and of the entire I can promise group, you, Will. Which just, I know he's good for just like Doug, Will is a man of his word. So he is. anyway, uh, he is. so we'll 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 wrap up, uh, and we can even talk a little bit of Browns uh, with our boy when he hits us up uh, for our Browns uh, discussion. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to wrap this one up before we uh, drop off uh, for this week's episode, uh, and I'm putting you guys on the spot because we didn't 
plan on this beforehand. Uh, for those out there listening who are uh, in a championship league or uh, just in general, if you were going into to a championship game, and uh, Sean, I'll talk about you, and uh, and then I can chime in afterward. Who is the, who are the one or two players you would wish to have on your fantasy team this week uh, to carry you uh, to the championship game? Meaning like outside of those guys who are obvious top picks or are you talking about like kind of either, a, either or either or I mean, if, you, if you know of any sleepers or anything like that, I mean, mine for the past uh, mine for all season, really. And I mean, it, it just kicked me. Uh, kicked me right in the in the pants when he drafted him is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was so close to being drafted by by me in two different leagues. This one included. Uh, he's the one that I wish I had on my team all season, and even though they're playing Seattle, I still wish I had him on my team this week. Yeah, I'll say a guy that I wish, and this is going to take a lot out of me here, but a guy that I wish I had on my team, uh, Juju Smith Schuster. He just came through in games where. The Sunday night and Monday night games when you needed 10 points to win, and he always ended with 15. And it seems like he only scores touchdowns when it's 65 plus yards, you know? Uh, so I, I think Juju is probably the guy that I would have wanted to have. Uh, now, if you're talking about kind of a hidden dude, somebody who you could probably pick up in most leagues to get you over the hump, I think to be a homer, David Njoku is going to have a, good, a big game this week at tight end for the Browns. Um, might be somebody worth picking up. They've got no one to cover, and Vontaze Burfix is playing scared because he's finally gotten fined enough to where he cares. Oh, wow. Well, it it only took how long uh, for him to start it's caring? Three years. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, that's all we got. Doug, you got anybody to add to that? I mean, you've got a championship roster, so I don't know if there's much for you to say. Yeah, so for, so for me, uh, well, Juju like uh, pretty severely injured his groin in practice today, so you probably don't want him. Uh, probably don't Ooh, want I didn't him know on, that on your squad. Yeah, he got hurt today. Um, and then good for, news for, for me, my guy is uh, Amari Cooper riding the Cow- Cowboys bandwagon this week. If I'm going into Championship Week and I got uh, I got Dak and Zeke and Amari, I'm just loving life. Now, listen, yes, in, in the effort of being the heel of the league, which I know I've come across as, I w- I'm going to go back through all these weeks in the offseason. I'm going to pull these guys who I said were going to be important, like Lamar Miller, like Amari Cooper, and I'm going to start the next draft off with all the things Sean said. To be fair, you were saying that about Amari Cooper on the Raiders, and if he were still playing for the Raiders, he would. it would still be, Sean, you were wrong about Amari Cooper. It's the fact he, that he. I said he has all the talent. He's a number you, one guy, and he's worth. I did said you he's see worth him the getting traded to the Cowboys? Uh, I saw him getting traded, but that's the did Cowboys. Really? That was okay. surprised. Okay. I, Khalil Mack. I mean, Khalil Mack was the first like whoa, and then yeah, I mean, as soon as Amari Cooper smoke started, I was pretty sure there was a fire behind it. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll back off then. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry to get a little heated, but if okay. you th- if you thought Amari was going to be incredible on the Raiders, I could have given you a couple years history to show you that no, he was not going to be incredible on the Raiders. No, no. I said he was totally worth a first round pick when he got traded. So oh, hundred percent worth him it and Lamar Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. 
Well, guys, any other thoughts you have for our uh, our fantasy hopefuls out there, whether they're playing for first place or third place, or maybe even if you're playing for DFL out there? Don't lose. Uh, and go, Doug. And our timer is, what, like 50 minutes right now, minus Tim and all of his stats? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Oh, that's all right. That's <laughs> hey, all have right. a Merry Christmas, everybody. Yep. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, December 23rd, uh, Sunday, you'll be out. You'll be trying to wrap stuff up, uh, you know, hanging out with your family and things like that. But Sunday at 1 o'clock, Browns, you got to get your Twitter notifications uh, set up for Sean and Doug. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some banter going this week. I'll tell you all the banter – uh, really happened on the group text this week uh, with yours truly driving around Charleston, sending a lot, sending a lot of hateful texts. And I might just do it again. I was just, I was feeling real spicy on Saturday night, so I might just do it again. See, people I just don't know, know, man. People don't know Zeke. You are the actual heel of our league. That, that, that's the honest God truth. You are the heel of our league. I've, I, I've been painted unfairly by my brother, but you are the heel of our league. <laughs> Oh, I'm just, I'm looking, I'm looking uh, where I can just, you know, just uh, poke the bear, just see who I can get riled up, no doubt about it. But anyway, uh, we we appreciate you guys checking us out. Uh, of course, uh, subscribe, like, uh, to quote Bamani Jones, give us five stars, you give us four stars, we're inclined to think that you are a hater. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Of course, get on the, those uh, notifications for Sean and Doug. I hope, good luck to everybody in your fantasy uh, championships, except for Tim. Hope you lose, and we will see you back here next week. Peace. Hey, at T-L-O-O-G-1. That's right. And shout out to Paul Brown, UK. Yeah, and whoever T-L-O-O-G is, uh, your Twitter sucks. One is the best. <laughs> we see hate you guys. You. That's right. We hate you. See you next Peace. week.